everybody, it's Abby Emia here with Dr. John Bell from Welsh Presbyterian Church in Denver, Colorado. This is Tabletop Theology, a lighthearted conversation about serious topics. And, and today... Unscripted lighthearted conversation. Unscripted lighthearted conversation. I do get asked that frequently. Uh, we try to come up with our topics ahead of time, but we really don't know what we're gonna where we're gonna go. So, all right. So keep going. Sorry to interrupt. That's totally fine. It's a serious topic today that we're gonna have to work hard to keep light. <laughs> we're talking about hell and this and evil and Satan and all sorts Ooh. of things. Ooh. Well, this is appropriate that you and I are talking about this. Yes. I have um, recently, and this is not the first time, been confronted by some individuals who have a different perspective on faith um, and are one, very worried that you are a false teacher and two, that I'm going to hell, that we're, we're going to hell. Um, and um, I really appreciate these people's hearts. They're in the right place. This has happened to me multiple times, um, definitely not a one-off. So I uh, wanted to talk about it today. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on my mind. <laughs> uh, yes, let's talk about hell. Um, but first, though, it's, you know, it's interesting, having been in ministry so long, I, I regularly get people mm -hmm. disagree with me saying I'm going to hell or, you know, identify me as the devil. Um, that's not an uncommon thing. And from a pastoral perspective, it's not very pleasant, <laughs> uh, no matter who, who does it. Um, but the tendency to demonize our enemies is one of the great dangers in our society today, um, just to pick our enemies and then literally demonize them. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore dismiss them, therefore write them off, therefore um, literally believe that uh, fighting them and hurting them psychologically or otherwise and uh, hoping they end up in hell is, is really a, a true danger. So mm -hmm. yes, uh, this is a lighthearted conversation about these things, but I think in society, uh, the tendency to demonize our opponents is rampant and a real danger to civil society. And I think there's kind of two sides to that coin. On the one side, there's the malevolent accuser of, oh, you are the devil and you should go to hell. And then there's right. the other that are really looking out for fire insurance for us. Like, I'm worried, you know, they're, they're genuinely worried. And um, I, I definitely appreciate that side more. Um, so I kind of want to talk about, I know we've mentioned the devil a couple in a couple other of our conversations, but what I really want to get down to is what we think we know from and what the Bible actually says. So <laughs> I think a lot of the things we think about for hell, Satan, evil come from <laughs> pop culture more than the Bible. <laughs> so uh, what does the Bible actually say? You've thrown a lot at me there. Uh, let's let's start with uh, Satan or the devil. Um, and let me say first, I'm not an expert. <laughs> You're not him. You're not I have the no devil. Information <laughs> on uh, on him or her. We need to be mm -hmm. inclusive. Uh, the devil could be either or neutral. Um, 
the Bible really does not say much about Satan or the devil. Uh, you've got the story in Job where uh, God turns over to Job, God turns Job over to Satan or Hasatan in Hebrew, and uh, Satan puts all those things on Job that make his life difficult and test his faith. But Job is clearly uh, a myth or a parable or a folk story. Uh, the fact that the it's, Satan is personified is just in keeping with the with the um, literature of that of that time. When you get to the Bible, I mean, one of the interesting stories is at uh, Caesarea Philippi, when Jesus asked, "Who do they say that I am?" and Peter gets it right. He says, "You're the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And there's this aha moment. It's the first time Jesus has been recognized as, as the Messiah. But then Jesus says, but, but eventually I'm going to, you know, die and, and uh, before I'm raised, you know, suffer and die, I guess. And uh, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> so on so the disciple, the main disciple at that moment, who's confessed that Jesus is the Christ, one instant later has said, get behind me, Satan. So, you know, you've got to take something from that passage away to think that all of us, maybe, like Peter, do good, and all of us, like Peter on that occasion, do evil. That it's not as simple as saying, you know, labeling one person as Satan or one person is the devil. It's that in the personification of evil, all of us do good and, and bad. And I think that's an important concept biblically because uh, again, the, the Bible doesn't say much about the devil and that's not Jesus mean adversary. Uh, as you said earlier, most of what we know comes from pop culture, uh, uh, Milton's Paradise Lost talks about the devil as the fallen angel and, and goes deep on that. And uh, that's not all biblical. I mean, there's, there's just not that much in there about the devil. So he's not a guy with a tail and a pitchfork just running around <laughs> in the Bible? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a great uh, segue to things I was already thinking uh, in one of my theology books, and one of my theology professors, Shirley Guthrie, in a book, Christian Doctrine, uh, Shirley, a man, not a woman, says, you know, the devil, if the devil appeared at our door in a red cape, in a, in a pitchfork <laughs> with horns, we would then know, oh, this is the devil. I, I should resist whatever temptation uh, he or she puts my way. Surely says the devil's more likely to appear in our lives, you know, uh, in a in a business suit, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or a doctor's um, white coat. Or surely doesn't say that I did, but you know, a normal a normal person um, who represents things that uh, are evil or sinful. 
um, you've read probably C.S. Lewis Screw Tape Letters, mm-hmm. a masterful, a masterful Love that book. Yeah. work on how the devil works so hard to get the little devils yeah. <laughs> come into our lives in ways that um, we don't perceive and we don't think of as being sinful or evil, but nevertheless convinces us in mild ways and in unseen ways to come over to the the, uh, dark side. The dark side. (laughs) uh, There's a lot there to think. Thank you for mentioning red cape and and, uh, orange and pitchfork. That's just not the way evil comes into our lives. It's personified. I mean, that's, that's what that's what we're doing when we talk about the devil or Satan. We're personifying evil. Um, and I, I do think that's the way bad things come to us or, or temptation comes to us. But as I said, you know, Peter was accused of being both, you know, the great saint on whom the church is built, and he was accused of being Satan. So uh, Christians and the church, and I think it's all of us can do really great things and we can do really bad things. And I think, I think Peter's the model for that. So I think like one of the stories that comes to my mind, well, two stories in the Bible, the Job story, and then Jesus in the wilderness being tempted um, and apparently interacting with the personified evil. Um, and that kind of goes back to what you're talking about, the temptation. I don't necessarily know what my question is there. <laughs> Just so much I'm bringing up that other story of the personification of evil. You know, it's funny, I didn't give a lot of thought to this before we uh, turned on our Zoom, but yes, I forgot about that story. Uh, A great story, but the devil there offers Jesus good things or what would seem to be good things. You know, bread for a hungry person, um, power, uh, all the nations to a person who would be a benevolent dictator. If, that, if that's what Jesus accepted. And so, again, the devil's coming to Jesus with seemingly good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think, oh, take take that, Jesus. <laughs> Just eat the bread. <laughs> but uh, what, what he's trying to do is lure Jesus away from God the Father, you know, mm-hmm. give his obedience in the wrong direction. And uh, come over to the dark side, as we've already chuckled about. But uh, Jesus prevails, and, um, and 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 that's the main point of the Bible. <laughs> that's the main point of faith: is that the devil, Satan, hell, evil are defeated. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's why Christians, to me, who constantly are battling, constantly, you know worried about evil and sin and all these things have really missed the point because the point of Jesus' life is that we've overcome these things. Mm. The, the point of Paul's epistles is often uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God, nothing at all of creation. So to constantly be worried and focused and on the 
look out for the devil and Satan and talking about all these things is really, in my judgment, to miss what the gospel is really about. Mm. Is, um, death has been defeated. Uh, salvation is ours. You know, nothing can separate us from God's love. And so there's a fundamental you know, difference in those who are really focused on all those things and worried about all those things versus uh, I, I think people who really have to say, understand what the gospel fundamentally means that Christ died on the cross and was raised and it's the, the resurrection, which I think should be our focus. Well, that's a great segue into where did Jesus go for those three days? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> um, dang. Uh, what is hell, John? What is hell? <laughs> well, the Apostles' Creed, I think we've maybe talked about this before. The Apostles' Creed, some, some translations or some... Uh, old manuscripts say he went to hell some don't say some do not say that he went to hell uh, of course we don't know but the condition of being separated from god is hell so i think we can say whether it was physical hell where the fires and all these things were uh, but but being in a tomb separated from god for three days would be hell so uh, i can go with he went to hell and that's what we say at Welsher uh, most most Sundays when we do the Apostles' Creed. Uh, well, hell is another topic like the devil, which is uh, in popular culture quite a bit, in popular mythology and popular Christianity. But there's not much in the Bible about hell properly. You know, there are and there's not much of an afterlife in the Old Testament. There's there are bits and pieces, but you have Sheol, which is you know you have uh, Hades, you have Gehenna in the New Testament. You have these kind of the Lake of Fire is mentioned. You have various things, but there's not a, a real doctrine of hell developed. Again, you have to go to Milton's Paradise Lost, which. Um, Dante's Inferno. <laughs> There's a lot of you, you jumped me there. Dante's Inferno has an excellent uh, description of hell, and there are several layers of hell. But my favorite from Dante is, you know, the sign over the entrance to hell is, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Yay. <laughs> and to me, that that's actually a perfect description of hell mm. uh, it, it's it's hopelessness it's lost it's separation from god it's uh, it's it's not it's being cut off from all goodness so you know when people say do you believe in, in a literal hell I, I actually say yes mm. uh, in my mind it's not necessarily a you know, a place where eternal fire and the devil in a red suit and pitchfork. But I do think hell is, is a place of hopelessness. And, you know, I, 
to be honest, I, I think most of us have been there at one point in our lives mm -hmm. because we've all sort of hit that wall of hopelessness and thought, you know, why? Um, so I, I think hell is actually a real place where many of us have been and some of us end up. Uh, but the description that, you know, is mythologized in popular culture, I, I I think it's sort of cartoonish a little bit. It's so interesting because there's been kind of a, an influx in popular culture of romanticizing Satan and hell. I mean, there's like a whole show, Lucifer, um, just like a crime drama, I think I haven't seen it. And then like the chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch is really all about hell. Um, and so it's kind of this interesting, I feel like culture fluctuates of, of really being mystified by the dark side of the afterlife <laughs> and kind of trying to make it seem a little better than it might be <laughs> ultimately. So we have talked about this on uh, tabletop theology before, but hell brings up the question, does God send people to hell? Mm. You know, I think before I said, I'm almost ambivalent. I, I, uh, I don't want to think a loving God does that. I don't want to think a loving God would, would uh, hurt or send anybody to hell. On the other hand, you know, I think of people who, who are so awful, like obviously Hitler comes to mind as the low-hanging fruit. Uh, but people through the centuries who have done so much bad to so many people, um, I would like to think that uh, there is some justice in mm -hmm. what happens eternally. But uh, as I have said before, you nor I have died and come back, so we don't we don't really know. We have to be a little bit uh, humble about what happens in the afterlife. Well, I think this is. I mean, I know we've kind of touched on it in other conversations, but this is bringing up more questions to me of like possession and the supernatural as a whole, and how we interact with that in the world. Um, there are some really diehard believers in the supernatural's effects in this world. I'm a little stitious is how I describe it. <laughs> there are things that I can't explain. A little stitious, not superstitious, quoting Michael Scott there from the office. But um, yeah, so I think that this might be a conversation we have, you know, I don't want to keep us too long, but of, of how the supernatural, you know, I, I always go back to Jesus having to assure the disciples he wasn't a ghost, as though they had some reasonable reason to think that he was a ghost. So we might have to come back to that another day. We will. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I fully believe in the supernatural. I, I think there are definitely, as Paul says, powers and principalities that you know swirl around and threaten to control things for good or for evil. In fact, we can talk about Romans quite, quite a bit on one occasion, but uh, no, I think there are powers that influence us deeply. Again, the, the, the gospel says that those powers, the supernatural, whatever that is for us, the important thing is they cannot separate us from God's love. So, you know, again, not to discount those things. I, I think they're important and I think they're real and you know, moon cycles and all these things, uh, depending on your belief system, I, I think are important in terms of 
uh, how things happen. But the key thing, again, is the gospel and uh, the fact that God wants the best for us. God is on our side. The right man is on our side, as the old hymn says. And uh, we will prevail over whatever is in our path. So uh, the devil, hell, Satan, um, we didn't really talk about sin, but uh, sin is also what actively separates us from God's um, benevolence or threatens to separate us. But uh, even sin doesn't have a last word in, in the gospel of Christ. Sin was sacrificed on the cross and um, we can overcome it. So, you know, I'm pretty positive when we talk about Satan and hell and sin, these things, because I, I think that's, that's what the gospel overcame. Amen to that. What a good place to go from there. <laughs> Amen. Uh, thank you, John, as always. And thank all of you for tuning in today. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye.